Hi, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about some deep stuff. I'm here to tell you that you're amazing. And often, the only person who can't see that is you. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you're from, there's greatness in you. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj and welcome to the Transformation Starts Today podcast where I interview leaders, champions, and high performers from all walks of life as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned along the way, and empowering perspectives to help you create an extraordinary life without regret starting today. Today we have with us my friend, the amazing Mary Gooden. Mary Gooden is the CEO and founder of Divine Destiny Publishing, the host of Shine Your Light podcast, and a sacred wellness advisor. She believes that abundance thrives in your ability to remain aligned and authentic, which is a daily practice. Mary has studied and practiced yoga, meditation, and Reiki energy harmonizing for almost 20 years. By taking an intuitive approach, she focuses on creating a space for her clients to embody their true essence through Anchor Your Light Academy, an immersive experience available online or in Sedona, Arizona. Mary is a number one international best-selling author and joyfully supports conscious coaches, thought leaders, visionaries, and entrepreneurs in becoming published authors by sharing their powerful story, message, and mission on a global platform. She has created a VIP experience that amplifies visibility, impact, and prosperity for her clients. Mary, it's such an honor to have you with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jamil. It's such an honor to be here alongside of you in this way. So I am grateful to to be present and held. <laughs> yeah. Before we got we went live, you and I got to have a little catch up and just you sharing how you're doing right now and you buzzing energy, just feeling it and so happy to bring it to our conversation today. Yeah, you know, that's something that I've always noticed too, getting on with certain people and you especially, Jamil, because you 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 are such an equal vibra uh, vibrational match for me. We just have so much fun together. But gosh, you know when I'm being faced with that question, like, how are you doing? I, I am really in a place where words can't even describe just how amazing it is to be conscious and aware on the planet right now. And if I, you know, I, I love to, to feel that these are the words coming out, but to, to be a part of this human experience and listen, I've got a whole story to back up this life, but to, to honestly be here now and be conscious in this human experience and really see the gifts and the miracles that are available to each and every one of us, Jamil, is it's 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 without words, <laughs> so much so. <laughs> um I, you know, I just can't, I just can't thank the universe, God source, divine creator, myself enough for being willing and committed to to stand up in this life like you said i host the my own podcast shine your soul light and just as you do i spend my days speaking with interviewing connecting with feeling energetically high with uh people around the world and if that's not miracle consciousness if that's not the next level of what we've been looking for in this lifetime I can't tell you what is right. I, you know, <laughs> I can't, you know, I just, so that's yeah. how I am. For, for everyone listening, please go ahead. 
I said, that's how I be, mm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It froze for a second. So my apologies. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Oh man, like for people who are seeing on video, you can definitely hear it in her voice on audio too, but just the the amazing energy just captured the excitement, the playfulness, the joy that's just flowing through her. And I know that um, it's gonna, it's something that we all, I think, wish we had more of in our life, especially in those key moments where we feel like we need it most. And I think our conversation today can bring that out for people so they can tap into that today. And so you mentioned your story. Yeah. For our listeners who don't yet know you, they haven't connected with you. I like to think of it as we're each the hero of our own story and we've overcome adversity and challenges and we've gotten to where we are now. We've learned lessons, lessons along the way. So can you please share with us about who you are, what led you to where you are today and why you do what you do, what inspired you to do that? Woo, my heroic journey through a life less ordinary. Mm. Oh gosh, you know, so I started, I hit the ground. There's a lot of stories and there's a lot of books on this. So I will share, <laughs> you'll have all my contact information. Uh, had I known that I was going to be sharing it all in books, uh, I don't know. Perhaps I think I could have remembered more, but I remember just what I need to. And um, gosh, I'm writing about it now in a book called Divine Love. But when I was eight years old, I could just tap into that now. I could tap into that that freedom, that essence of wanting to be free. And it wasn't that I was trapped i can see it it wasn't a trap it was it was a yearning for a true essence of freedom not the three-dimensional idea of freedom right mm -hmm. not the are you trapped were you locked were your parents were your parents insignificant none of that no 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 a deeper level of freedom a level of freedom that we were all kind of yearning for the experience to to be who who we are like truly not to see outside of the elusive programming or cultural conditioning to the kind of freedom that says, I see you and I love you exactly as you are. And there's a difference, right? Because I think the yearning for freedom was that. And so I try to put my fingers on it from a materialistic place. I try to rise as a uh, empowered feminine, like I'm a Leo. So I was, <laughs> I was loaded with energy my whole life. I was the youngest of four um as perhaps uh, you'll read in some of my stories i really had magnificent parents uh i had siblings and we fought and we argued and and there was traumatic um situations that were brought uh to our our doorsteps because my my brothers were older and gosh the one thing that i always remember saying was like i hope i don't have boys <laughs> <laughs> because they they were so mean and boys were back then right they, they they had an aggression or some let's just say some but um so I went through that and we had literally uh and not feeling so unsafe but we had like hedge clippers coming through our front window one one day <laughs> it was like and we lived in a pretty good place it's just there was boys <laughs> and so I don't come from a traumatic really family house. And so for the life of me, there were times where perhaps I couldn't relate to others because I, I didn't understand. I couldn't see from their point of view, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't see, or I just didn't feel it that way. I didn't look at life experiences. How is it good? How is it bad? How can I, how can I allow it to hold me back? I wanted freedom, right? I just kept looking at things and moving forward. So I left home when I was 17 and I wasn't pregnant. 
but I was getting married. <laughs> so um, I hit the ground running. Uh, my husband, we call him, um, joined the military when I was 15. We met in high school. And uh, as soon as I could, I got a notarized letter from my mom and we moved to the East Coast when he got his first station. And uh, we went to the courthouse and we got married. And I was like, I'm doing this life thing. I'm doing it my way. And uh, the way that I also was conditioned to believe, right? Climb the ladder, climb the ladder of success. Do, 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 do it. Do it. Like um, put your ass into it. Devote everything that you have into um, climbing this ladder of success. And so I built quite a bit of skills and uh, I, do, I was always busy, right? I mean, I had to master everything and anything to try to find this level of satisfaction uh, that still didn't feel good enough. And it wasn't, it wasn't my mom. And I, I always want to bring this back because she'll learn about her, her in a minute, but it wasn't ever the pressure. My mom is actually was, was an open door to, to, something that I am now, or maybe receiving her life force just last year um, was all part of it because I create that open space for others, my children, and really everyone, this unconditional loving space, that was her. Anything she wanted to try, she was creative. Um, she was fun. She was joyful. Uh, I loved hanging out with her as a child. <laughs> So I didn't leave home because of her <laughs> or, or my family, really. I left home because I knew I needed to create something and do something. But I put it into to what I thought was um, the way I could make the most money, right? It wasn't the, the place of my heart. It wasn't the passion of my heart. It was what could I do to attain these materialistic values to be enough. And um, But it was a good run. Uh, it was a good run for 25 years. Uh, I was with um, my husband. We created two magnificent children. And I'm fast forwarding quite a bit, but uh, I spent that 25 years learning uh, the contrast, the difference of you could be this or you could be this. <laughs> Actually, let me rephrase that. You could do this. <laughs> or you could be this. <laughs> so um, we, I created these, we created these two fantastic daughters uh, that I have that are 16 and 19 right now, who also stand alongside of me as uh, what we are declared as the heart of humanity. The ones that came here to restore the highest frequency of unconditional love. So that's like way fast forward, but that's what I came here to do. That's what I breathe for in every moment is how can I be that which I came here to bring? Mm -hmm. And um, so I went through a, a divorce. We went through all the lawyers and all the subpoenas and all of the experience that I never in one moment of my life thought that I was ever going to have to go through. I mean, I meticulously, I meticulously created this, this American dream over 25 years, thinking that that would be creating it in a way that that would never happen <laughs> yeah. or thinking that it would never happen. And uh, I had my children in the same way. We waited, uh, we were married about 10 years before we had children. 
And I did that because um, I wanted to make sure that I had created a space that they wouldn't have to go through those kinds of experiences that I saw around me growing up or those kinds of um, experiences that are oftentimes pushed into you because of what you're surrounded by. Uh, I was in a military setting um, for 25 years in a military setting. And, you know, you see the, you see the rate of divorce. You see what happens to the children. You see all around you. And, and the biggest part of me was, was anchored into never having to go through that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, gosh, if I say it, I'm going to say it out loud, and it really is truth, uh, Jamil, that is the greatest experience of my becoming is actually getting divorced. And I'm not condoning everybody to go out and do that. I'm saying it as my truth, because if I wouldn't have been brought that experience, okay, so divorce is not a negative experience. That's an old paradigm. Sorry. You know, we, we go through these lives to connect with one another, to activate one another. And there is an ancient text that tells us that everything should be thus and so. And I get that. There are some really great points in the ancient texts. But we have evolved as a humanity. <laughs> and we have also come here to create lasting change, which means there's not a text or a diagram or a platform. We create it as we evolve and it shifts and it changes. But we know one thing for certain, love, love is one of the largest achievements that perhaps we could ever receive in this lifetime. And it's the love of self. And when we can finally really receive this love of self, this acceptance of self, this trust of self, we can finally <laughs> get to that place that we are desiring to be, where we're casting out, where we're creating peace on earth, not by doing anything, but by being something. And that's what my divorce experience asked of me, gifted me. Find out who you really are. And perhaps, perhaps there'll be a comeback. But you know what? Find out who you really are. Find out what you really came here to become. For me, for me, uh, it was getting on my knees and creating a prayer closet, sobbing, 15-minute pity parties. Uh, I read a magnificent book. Uh, I give Rick Warren a huge amount of credit for... Um, for that book, um, it's right here. I've got, I can't believe I forgot the name, um, Purpose Driven Life, right? Because what am I here for? Here it is. So I read this book before I even knew I was getting a divorce. And in fact, it was almost 12 months prior to even knowing that this experience was going to move towards me. And it was, um, what on earth am I here for? The Purpose Driven Life. And it does follow a Christian modality, right? I'm going to say modality. <laughs> um, and I follow a modality of love, 
but it taught me something. I did 41 days of reading. It was 41 days. You go one day at a time, right? Break it down, baby. One day at a time. Life is happening for you one day at a time, one moment at a time. So what this book gifted me and helped me acknowledge is that I could actually get present with myself one day at a time. <laughs> right? Because that's a big obstacle for all of us. And we'll talk about that, right? That's an obstacle because I don't have time. I don't have time to get present. It's scary. I understand. It's scary to get present inside, but that book was a gift, a resource for me. And so I did it. And um, I invited a couple of friends to do it with me, like read this with me, do this with me. So I even went out for, I went out for accountability. Like, let's do this. Let's practice this. And it goes day to day. Like, um, Let's just pull something out. Uh, restoring broken relationships was day 20, right? <laughs> so forgiveness prayers, forgiveness acts, acts of kindness, acts of forgiveness. Um, so I was reading this and a year later, I ended up in this massive transformational place. But I, I had already learned how to come to self. So I had to do it deeper. I had to come to self deeper. So I had to get on my knees because after 25 years, I had been in the same relationship over half of my life. I had been moving through the same patterns over half of my life, right? We were over half. <laughs> so we were deep. Um, and I had watched what I thought I was able to create and withstand crumble. I had to witness myself getting divorced and then witness the subpoena as it comes into the to the mailbox asking to, to take custody of my children. One thing I never like ever thought was going to happen, but what a gift it was. What a gift it was for them to now get four parents. Mm. You know, what a gift it was for them to, to experience something in life. And what a gift it was for me to think, to realize that I didn't, it didn't have to be the same experience as, as all the experiences that everybody else had with divorce. That it, I had come so far along because I started connecting with me that I was at a place where I recognized I could change my life. I could do things differently. I didn't have to follow the same pattern that I watched everybody else follow. I didn't have to choose to be culturally conditioned. I don't, that's a choice. I don't have to do things the way they've always been done before. Partly because I was doing the difference of getting on my, you know, like getting into my self every day, daily connection is what I call it, calling in who I am instead of begging to be who I want to be. <laughs> you know, complete surrender, complete surrender is letting in. So it started with surrender and um, boy, did we move through some anger, right? Yeah. I had to move through some anger and some fear and some doubt and some, uh, some of those energies. Cause they're all just energies because I had to uncover, I had to take the layers off of those things. They get on pretty heavy, like, we can put lots of layers on pretty quickly. And um, I will say out loud before I lose anybody's interest, this is why I am who I am today. This is who I get to be today, vibrating uh, even in front of you, Jamal, at a, at a, in a way that I've never experienced so much joy and so much passion and so much truth and so much willingness to be me. 
I spent 25 years in the corporate carnival. I, I did all those things that you're saying, well, I'm doing this. I did all those things and I still get to arrive in a place of miracles and magic and magnificence. There is a place in this human experience where you get to stand up and say, I am healed. And every single thing that I have gone through in this lifetime has been a gift in order for me to uncover exactly who I came here to be, a whole-hearted human being. And the way that I lead in this and the way that I encourage my clients and my friends and my daughters is by example, by telling these truths and they get to feel it. You can feel, I can feel this. <laughs> like, you get to feel it like it is. If there's, if, if all I came here to do for the next year is, is to look you in the eye and to allow you to witness me telling you that it is so possible to be free and love and joy and, and to be a miracle, to actually accept and receive who we really are, a miracle, then I am winning big. If that's what I got to do this year, like, um, so I went through all those things. I went through the corporate carnival. I resigned from my corporate and this is what kind of started it all. I resigned from my corporate um, lifestyle. We were having, we had the big American house and the, the two dogs and the pool and the cars and all the things we had, we, I had done it. We had all the things and I still sat every day at my fireplace when I would get off of work. I, I was, I was rising at 6 a.m. We were rushing off to daycare and to work. And literally I was just sleeping in this big, magnificent house. And I started sitting there and I just felt terrible. I felt so detached from, I was just doing this thing that, that everybody else was like, oh my God, you, you guys are the Joneses. And in me, I just felt so dissatisfied <laughs> like, and I couldn't get away from it. I tried it, but I didn't stop doing it. It wasn't until I had panic attacks. I started having panic attacks at 2 a.m. Uh, my husband, um, he was he was underway. He was in the prime of his military career. Uh, I was in the prime of my corporate leadership. My my children were in the prime of their gymnastics and, and friends and, <laughs> you know, and I was waking up at 2 a.m. And I was and I was like, what is going on? And uh, so I started sitting with my got it, this meditation chair that I'm sitting on right now. How many years ago was this? It was 2008. And I'm sitting uh, and, and I feel tension in my body and I like I can't sit here. It hurts. <laughs> you know, and um, lo and behold. Somebody breezed by me and said, hey, Mary, um, why don't you, uh, I had been practicing yoga, but, but why don't you really start getting into this experience? Why don't you really create some kind of yoga experience? And I did, and that got me busier and busier and busier, right? So I was doing all those things too. 
But finally, finally, I got there. Finally, I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Um, and at that point, um, Troy, my husband was in Japan. He had taken a tour in Japan and I always, I always wanted a yoga studio, but he had taken this tour and I said, I, I vowed to stand in this military career and it was fine. It was always good. I'm not going to say it was ever bad. It was always exactly the way that I was creating it. I'm going to say that again. It was always exactly the way that I was creating it because I thought that was the way because they told me and they showed me all these flashy things on TV that I needed to have to be it, right? They showed me all the ways. It was everywhere. This is the way to be it. You got to have this and this and this and this. And um, so it was exactly that way. And for me to have to look at myself and say, you have to uncreate all this now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to rephrase that though, because my life is way different. You get to to uncreate all this now. You get to change it, Mary. You're the only one that can, and you get to. Because if you can create all that, wow. Think of what else you can create. Now, at this moment in my time, I am aligned with my creator. And I understand that I am ch a chosen gift. And what my creator desires of me is to come to a deep, deep understanding of love, of love. And for me to do that was to first choose me and to love me and to honor me outside of everything else and to listen to me and to be willing to do the things that were completely different than I had created them. But because Sitting in my creation was so uncomfortably uncomfortable. I needed to do it different. And it took that. It took that panic response. And it still took me a couple of years, you know. It still took me a couple of years. I walked in the clinic one day and they said, we want to put you on Xanax three times a day. I said, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go do something else with that. I have a life and a job and a career and, a, and kids. I can't be on Xanax three times a day. So I couldn't, I couldn't go to pharmaceutical. I couldn't, that wasn't the way, you know, that's what I said. That's what my creator said for me. So I had to, I had to, I had to break it all down. And people looked at me like I'm, I must've just lost my mind. She must be having a crisis. She, you're the Joneses. What are you doing? You must be having a crisis, <laughs> right? And so then you have all these external eyes, like, why are you closing it all down? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, they didn't leave me though. They weren't, I, I hadn't aligned myself with people. Well, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, the one thing that I didn't think was going to leave did. Mm -hmm. And uh, I broke it all down. I, I got on the phone with, with him and I said, this is what I wanna do. This is what I have to do. And um, it really leaned into to retirement for both of us. And he was only two years from retirement if he wanted to retire. So it wasn't like I, 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 I just started feeling into the energies, like it's time to slow this game down. It's time to raise these children. It's time to be here now because you're gonna look back and you're gonna wish you, wish you were. 
And so I sold the house. I sold a car. He said, do what you need to do. He said, do what you need to do. Uh, it wasn't unethical. We weren't in a place of lack. We weren't in a place of scarcity. We were just in a place of delusion, right? And so I sold the house and I sold the car and I, um, I hit the road with my kids. I came to New Orleans. Uh, the biggest dream in me was to open a yoga studio, right? And I, I couldn't do that where I was because I just had overloaded myself with other things that I didn't think I could detach from. I didn't run away. I escaped. <laughs> I escaped. I escaped from the cultural conditioning of my life. I escaped from the social platform of my life. And um, I bought a fitness club with my sister. We bought a small gym. I taught weights and I taught yoga and I taught Pilates and I taught and I shared my voice and I started to grow and I started to develop and I started to feel connected. Uh, I went to Reiki energy school, you know, you know, I got, got attuned to Reiki. Um, I got deeper and deeper into my daily practice. And I started then learning how to receive the energy of others as gifts of compliments. I started to understand who I was and what I was bringing to others because I started listening to what they were saying to me instead of rejecting it. I started to grow. And in that, um, we had a 3,500 square foot, 4,000 square foot house. Uh, I ended up in a 500 square foot apartment <laughs> with my two girls, like completely, right? Let it all go. Um, and, and Troy was still in Japan, so it wasn't an effective, you know, it wasn't affecting. He was still finishing his duty there. And um, I, I started, I, I burned down and I started to rebuild. I started to rebuild it in a way that felt more aligned, in a way that felt easier, in a way that felt fun. And how did I know it was happening? Because people were telling me, they were feeling my joy, they were feeling my essence. So it only made me want to go further, right? Because when we do it, and we start really doing it, being ourselves, the, the right things magnetize, the right people, the right experiences, the right voices that cheer you on, they show up. You just have to listen to them. And um, so I started rebuilding an empire, an empire that was one of service because I was asking for the way at this point, right? I surrendered, I let it in. And uh, I let it in the deepest things that I desired because those are the those are the deepest requests from my savior. <laughs> They're one and the same. And um, we were having a whole lot of fun, and uh, and apparently we all weren't having a whole lot of fun. <laughs> but um, and then about eight months, nine months, we were here. I bought a. I ended up buying a house, cute little house, and then I bought a lot because. I had a contract, everything started to fall through like piece by piece. It started with the contract that we had on this, this cute little house um, and I knee jerked. I have to tell the whole story. Um, the contract dropped because they were not ready to sell. And uh, I was like, I've got to get something. And so a week later I bought a lot in the same neighborhood. And then a month and a half later, um, the cutest little house came on the market. And so we went ahead and picked that up too, because it was going to take us a minute to build. And uh, my house had sold. And so everything was good. Our house had sold. Uh, lo and behold, um, I'll fast forward. So I had a lot and I had a house. This is how the creator does it, man. This is how a surrendered life looks. 
and the shit hit the fan, pardon my French, but um, he came back from Japan, something was off. I had, I had read the purpose driven. I had invited him to do the thing, the same. I had shifted from this book, from reading this book. Um, he had shifted from, from what we would later find out. Uh, her name was Carla. He had shifted from, from meeting and being with Carla in Japan. <laughs> That's the way I, you know, I tell the story. So he had, something was off. Uh, he had had his time and, and committed, you know, he did what he needed to do. He was having his experience. I was having mine. Uh, after 25 years, you could feel the, you could feel it between us when he came back. And uh, it really got pretty um, interesting. Uh, it just took one time. He, <clears throat> he kind of flew off the deep end. There was no physical contact. Um, and there was lots of physical contact with things and destruction in the home. And I had, I got home to, I came home to it and I thought, no, mm -mm, we can't do this. Uh, cause there's two, two amazing children in this uh, equation. And so, uh, the whole stat shift started to, to happen. Um, within a week I had found a place for him to, to, to kind of disconnect and work through his things. We later found out, um, gosh, there's so much forgiveness in me. Uh, I, we went to celebrate recovery together. It was a night service. And uh, that's when he kind of divulged everything that had transpired in his experience in Japan. And uh, so forgiving I was, but, but it didn't mean that I had to, to rebuild because I was starting, my, my journey was becoming, and I knew that, that there was something bigger to this. This was a bigger piece of me. And um, so we ended up divorced after 22 years and um then the angers came and all the things started coming for about a year and a half, two years. Uh, but in the middle of all this, like that fell off, the house fell off. I realized at the time we were splitting, it was so easy. I didn't have to give up anything, right? I had a house and a lot. Like this is the magic of the universe. Most people wouldn't look at it this way, right? But I instantly received a gift. Like, wait a minute, I don't have to go through this whole we're selling this and you've got to pick up and leave. No, we had it covered, right? So he, it was easy. The split was so easy. Like you get this and you get this and you get this. Sharing the children was a big hit for me, right? Because I was still partly in my own, I was partly in my own hurt, right? Now you've taken this and now you're going to take them. Like I've been spinning, I've been with them their whole life. <laughs> now I have to, but it wasn't him, right? It was, it was the experiences that I needed in order to keep becoming, in order to get to the deepest layer of, wait a minute, everybody's experience is their own. And it's, it's not for me to be offended by. It's not for me to judge. It's not even for me to condemn. It is for them to have their experience and me to have mine. And for all of us to just understand that we're all having our own experience. But that's what it took for me to get here, no expectation, no judgment, no condemnation. Why did I have to get there is all that I know now because I need to be a high frequency of unconditional love. And I had to go through those experiences to recover that, it was already in me. But I had to recover it because I had to be able to do it. And then I had to be able to lead with it for my children, if, if anyone at all, for them. Uh, this is how we break karmic ties. 
this is how we do this thing. It's not that we came in and we're given the shittiest life ever. If we change the perception, it's that we came in and we get to go through these experiences in order to uncover the very best version of who we came here to be, right? Fast forward all the way, all the way. I got my yoga studio. I got even more and then some. I had my little fitness club, uh, a magic happened there where I was trying to sell it, but but then they sold the building. And what ended up happening with that was that I had to sell all the equipment in a short period of time. And the money that I made selling all the equipment in a short period of time was more than I was actually asking for when I was selling the business. <laughs> Imagine that the yoga studio was thriving. It thrived for about three years, but wait, the yoga studio was an invitation right before I signed my divorce papers. And all of me wanted to say, oh my God, you're getting a divorce. How dare you open up a yoga studio? And all of me was willing to do something different. And I said, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to do this. One thing's leaving. I'm going to do this. But then COVID came, right? And then we know what happened, the evolution, oh, the biggest evolution of all for me, and it keeps coming and coming. I had been going back and forth to Sedona and hosting retreats through and had my yoga studio. And uh, I kept getting this deep invitation from source, like buy a place. And uh, I thought it was buy a place for my yoga studio. But then it, I went back to Sedona and I got back and it came in really clear, buy a place in Sedona. And I'm like, I don't, uh-uh, <laughs> no, I'm not leaving. I was, I'm remarried now to the most magnificent man, Richard, and uh, that had already transpired. That was a gift. I opened my yoga studio. I'm sorry, I'm, I, I'm bouncing. I opened the yoga studio. I found the most magnificent man on match.com. I'm not even afraid to share it one week before another huge transformation in my life. Uh, he stayed for the entire grand opening of my yoga studio and it's been a fairy tale ever since. Let me just leave it at that. I mean, traveling Indonesia, Bali for a month. We just did it all. We did all the things. Um, but we were going to Sedona and, um, the week that I was writing a letter to my yoga students, my clients, letting them know that I was not going to be able to open the studio, that it was not going to be something I'm going to hang on to because I was fully guided was the same week that um, I had put, months prior, I had put an offer in on a condo. And I had actually put an offer in, because you can ask for what you want, to my guidance, that if you want me to do this Sedona thing, it has to cost this much. I was playing a game with the universe. I will only pay this much. And it don't worry, it had three eights in it, right? And I'm like, that's it. I'm not doing it. And so I had put a few offers out and came back with, with negative offers. And I had put an offer in on this condo. And that same week I'm writing this letter, my agent calls and she said, Mary, they accepted your offer. So the week that I was closing my yoga studio was the same week that I had my own place in Sedona. And again, when one door closes, another magnificent experience is begging you to say yes. Mm -hmm. No matter what has happened, another magnificent, another level of learning who you are, of being who you are, of, of attaining a, a desire 
that is deep, deep within you shows up. But it's not without that daily connection that I started 10 years earlier. It wasn't if because I wouldn't have been ready. If I don't know connect with who I am every day, I'm not going to see the miraculous invitation that's waiting just around the corner. Because we still live in a cultural condition place. We, I still live in the same place, right? And it's up to me to find and create the best way for me to live in it. And that's live in heaven on earth. That's connect with yourself every day. Create a practice of daily movement. Is it tapping? Is it yoga? Is it running? Is it, is it taking deep and conscious breaths? You know, what is it? And celebrating. I'm celebrating. I celebrated the closing of my yoga studio with my own condo in Sedona. I celebrated. I didn't feel any regret or any remorse, which is one thing. How do we do this without feeling regret? Regret is an old way of being. Every experience is a gift. We don't have to regret leaving something behind because that which we desire next is ready to be received in front of us. You know, that, that's the flip side of regret is receiving. So all the things, all the things, and then it just gets better and better. The first time I was invited to contribute a story in a multi-author book, even though the, the things that I, I had, all my experience before had been turned into something that was inspiring. I was sharing it on the yoga room floor. I was sharing it through my healing in Reiki. I was sharing it, right? I was already sharing it. I had already cleared it. But still when this experience came that said, share your story, write about your story. I thought, I don't have a story. I mean, nobody wants to hear anything about all that because I had already really healed it. Like, I don't have anything to say. I just, I was divorced, whatever, you know? <laughs> you know, there was a lot of magic there, but who who really cares about that? And that's what I heard at first invitation. Like, you don't have a story and nobody wants to hear it and you don't write and all these silly things. And all that that invitation was, was my next level up. So thank God I was where I was when I like in a place with me. Cause I, when I heard those doubts, I said, Oh, mm, I instantly text. Yes. Yes. I'll do it. And then, and then she comes back and says, you only have two weeks. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and if you've done it before, right. If you've written for multi-author, like you only have two weeks to nail this thing out. And I'm like, Oh, geez. But I did it. I sat at the pool. I sat in this beautiful home that is a direct reflection. I forgot that part, but this home that I have in New Orleans is a direct reflection of the home that I sold, that we had built, that Jones's place mm. in, in Virginia Beach. This house that my husband and I, my new husband and I ended up finding, it found us actually the night I got home from Bali, the night we got home from Bali. Uh, and I realized we had four children now. He has two and I have two and we needed a bigger house. This thing showed up and I walked in it that Wednesday just to look at it. And it moves just like the house I had built. And it has it has upgrades though. It has the pool and the hot tub. It has the this and the that. And I was like, what in the world is this? The universe loves me. So I put my house on the market on a Saturday and had a garage sale. The house that I was living with sold in 24 hours that Sunday at full price, no agent. And I had a contract on the house that we found a, a day after getting back from Bali 
all in that same week. I think I did the contract on Friday. I put a for sale sign in my other house on Saturday and on Sunday, all was done. And I was like, this is, but it, it moved just like that. Like all these gifts. So, but do people pay attention? Do people remember, you know, pay attention. Awareness is key. Uh, but I, I just could go on, Jamel. I just could go on and on and on. I'll sum it up. So here I am living my best life. I wrote the story about my divorce. I wrote the story about how I could not find any satisfaction in my life. And that activated me and helped me understand that I get to create it. And if I'm not finding satisfaction in it, it's up to me to do something different. It's not up to you or my daughter or my husband or anything outside of me. It's up to me to create it. It's up to me to find what feels most comfortable and prioritize that comfort. And whatever needs to shift and move and fall away around me, that's part of the deal. That's part of the gift. It only is something that's bad because we've been conditioned to believe that something could be bad. That's it. It's, it's always unity. It's always only one thing. And that's what it's like living outside of the illusion. It's always only one thing. And from the deepest of that one thing, you really understand that it's only, it's only the way that I put forth effort to it, that I take inspired action towards it, that I voice it, that I think it, that I move with it. It always comes back to my own unity. It always gets to come back to me. And I always get to receive it as an invitation. If you want your life to be different, do something differently. If you think there's something good or bad, do it different. There is no good or bad. There only is. And I'm going to create what is with my mind, with my movement, with my excitement. I'm going to create it. My three non-negotiables. I call it flourishing in the flow. Daily connection, daily movement, daily celebration. I came back to New Orleans for two and a half months. So I share the time now. I, I share this space with my husband and my 16-year-old daughter still live here. My 16-year-old daughter still is, is getting her experience. She lives full-time with her father and her stepmother. Uh, she's getting a full-time experience of how they do things. And she's also getting an, an experience of how I get to do things and how I'm, and she's watching, she's the witness. And she's choosing that experience right now, mostly because she's just like me and she loves people. And when I invited her to come to Sedona or play with me or homeschool or travel with me, she said, mama, I like my friends. I said, baby, hang out with your friends, right? I didn't make her. I didn't take her, right? I'm not wrapped into that. What I'm wrapped into with these two amazing women that came here to stand beside me and restoring the highest frequency of unconditional love all across the world is that they get to have their own experience and they get to choose. And that the biggest role that I can play in their life is be the example of infinite possibility. 
be the example of what you wish for them to see. And so what a gift, what a glorious gift. And I never wanted children, right? What a glorious gift. <laughs> uh, so she gets that. And, and this man, this miraculous human that I met uh, while everything was, was, was transforming in me, uh, on match.com. I got to say it again, man, because, you know, I was like, when I got on match, I thought I was going to the low of the low. <laughs> and what I did it, when I did it, I, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to the biggest thing I can find. I'm, I'm sharing my voice in the biggest way that I can, just like in publishing, just like in storytelling. That's what I did there. And he's such a representation of everything that was necessary for me to be me. He's let, he allows me to fly. And I have never felt such an experience. It's what they called it, what they told me a couple of years ago when it really started shifting. I was mad. I will be truthful. I was mad. I spent 25 years in a military relationship, hoping, knowing that one day I was going to get this conventional marriage of laying side by side and waking every morning and going every evening side by side with a partner. That was, you know, that's what I, and I didn't get that right away. What I got right away was the turmoil of trying to, not the turmoil, the triumph of discovering who I am so that I could receive that <laughs> because I wasn't ready to receive it uh, because it wasn't what was my destiny. My destiny is to be a butterfly. It is to go and to meet others. It is to share my voice as loud as I can and magnetize that which is meant to, I'm support, meant to support, to share with, to gift. Uh, but he's no different. He just allows me. I fought. I fought the invitation to Sedona longer than I ever would in this moment. Uh, but I didn't know that it was going to be like this. And what I learned is safety. There's so much safety in the unknown because that's the fullest place of creation. Uncertainty is limited, unlimited space to create. The unknown is unlimited space to create. So I took the invitation and I knew I was safe, supported and loved. And what I found was a deeper level of being able to love another human. And it was reciprocated. Like we can do this thing. We can, we can be an example of new earth relationship that we don't have to be stuck together like glue then I can honor your soul contracts and you can honor mine, even though we don't know what they are. And we can still have a divine union and partnership with one another with a limitless amount of trust and safety and support. Something I, I never thought was possible because the last time, the last time I was in a relationship where we weren't together all the time, shit hit the fan, but I was, I surrendered. I was willing to try it again. And this whole experience, first starting with, with receiving the experience of finding all of me, every day there's a new 
miracle in my life. I could almost get so emotional about it. I don't know why my energy is trying to hold back. It's like teetering on this like explosion of, of truth. This Every day I, I receive a gift of something more. And I know I told you some things to Maul before the recording, but like the invitation to be in New Orleans for two and a half months, I get to do that. I get to do that because I shared my story and I kept sharing my story and I kept being an example and I kept standing in my courage and I kept standing in my unity and I kept doing it, even though it was the most unconventional thing that most people in my lifetime have ever seen, including my siblings, my family, my children, my friends, my partner. I just kept doing it. I just kept following the guides. I just kept showing up and, uh, and they get to keep showing up. Mm. And that has been such a gift to witness. Uh, I truly live in a place that is full of joy, peace, and freedom. And it doesn't mean I don't have days where I'm like, I do have like, is this really my life? Or that I don't feel um, a little anger or a little doubt or a little disappointment. But what I understand to that is that is energy. And perhaps it's not even mine. Perhaps it's just energy that walked in the room because I'm open, right? There's no boundaries here with me. I can't have boundaries and be open to receive all these gifts. Um, that I just come back to my daily connection. I use a lot of affirmation and a lot of mantra and a lot of, of that. So if I come to a place, because what happens when I do, I get to remember who I am. When there is a place of conflict, I get to remember who I am. I am safe, supported, and loved. I just override it. I get to remember that. I get to consciously remember it. And just like anything we practice, the more we get to practice consciously remembering who we are by, by being put up against conflict, being put up against judgment, being put up against expectation, it gives me the choice to remember who I am, to come back to who I am. <gasps> Deep breath. <laughs> oh, that was a journey. <laughs> I, I definitely want to, first of all, thank you so much for just sharing so openly. And I, I, I encourage everyone who's listening, when you finish the podcast, if this has resonated, go back and listen to it again. Because I think in Mary's story, you're not the same person you are at the end that you were in the beginning when you listen to it. And so you listen to it the first time and it's kind of, in a way, it's almost like for information because you're hearing the story, but then you've heard it, you're familiar now, then you listen again and you start to realize the parallels in your own life. And you start to see, oh, what, what are these nuggets of gold that I can apply to my life right now? You know, so much of what I had thought to ask you you share it in your story. And so it just kind of came up without even needing to be asked. And so it's so wonderful. I have a whole page of notes here. That's probably more than I've taken in, a, in any podcast <laughs> that I wanted, <laughs> that I'd love to uh, share, just kind of to add to um, what you, what you shared, which I thought was so beautiful. And so just taking it from the beginning, but you talked about this desire for freedom and this, you know, the true freedom of being who you are. And it reminds me of a Rumi quote, a Persian poet from, I think, about eight, 900 years ago. And he says, why do you remain in prison when the door is wide open? And so it's mm -hmm. coming from this space. He said, like, escape from the conditioning, you know, escaping from who I believe I'm supposed to be, escaping from who other people tell me that I am when deep down something doesn't feel right. 
something doesn't feel like I'm not being the version of me that I know I should be being. And when we can escape from that conditioning, like you said, it's a choice. You said, I can change my life and do things differently. I am the only one who can. And as long as we're pointing outside, looking for somebody else to save us, we miss the truth of it, which is that you are the person, you are the hero you've been looking for. There's nobody else coming. And when we come from that space of only I can change my life, it's incredible what can shift. And then I have here, <clears throat> you know, see and love you as you are. This idea of give what you most want to receive. So if you give yourself this massive amount of acceptance and love and grace to just be this spiritual being having a human experience, this person that forgets over and over and over again, that has moments of highs and moments of lows. If you can accept it in yourself, you'll accept it in others. And if and you can also flip it. If you can see the love in them, if you can give them the grace, if you can give life the grace, you'll also give it to yourself. So you can give it to others, you can give it to yourself, and it flows back and forth either way. You talked about climbing the ladder of success, and it kind of goes back to being who you really are. We all define success for ourselves. And so I think sometimes we play into this narrative that there is a certain definition for a word that's like the right one. So this is what success is, but maybe not for you. Like maybe that's the societal definition of it based on like a, a norm, but is that what fulfills you? And if the answer is no, like Stephen Covey says in the seven habits of highly effective people, you're going to be climbing that ladder of success, get to the top and realize it's against the wrong wall. And that's never going to be helpful at all. <laughs> and then, you know, this idea of when I'm working with clients, I often share with them, I don't coach you around what to do. I coach you around who you're being. I coach you around how you show up in the world. And so this idea of doing versus being a goal is a place to come from, not a place to get to. So when you get clarity around what do I want, I think the way you worded it in your story was becoming who I am basically meant to be in this world, who I really am. And so this idea of before the external world even reflects it, I'm going to have clarity around who is it that I want to be. And then I'm going to be that now, knowing that the external is a mirror to the internal. So I'm going to manifest whatever it is I'm looking for, but I have to go first. I have to choose to be that version of me. And if I'm waiting for the external reality to shift first, the metaphor that I love for this, if you look into a mirror, you're looking at your reflection. And if you frown, your reflection frowns. Now your reflection doesn't have a choice. If you look at your reflection as you frown and you say, uh, I'll smile, but only if you do first, you're going to be frowning forever. But the moment you smile, your reflection smiles immediately. And it has to, unless you're in one of those creepy horror movies. <laughs> so from that space, you know, you're going to have to go first. Then you said, you know, seeking satisfaction, you know, and it was never enough. And the way I, I worded out, I worded it here was when we seek satisfaction externally, thinking something will fill us up, will fulfill us. It never works that way. And when we come from the, and the way I like to think of it is the evidence. There are people out there who have everything that you think you need to be happy. And some of those people are not. And there's people who have none of what you think is required to be happy. And some of those people are. So when we sit there and go, well, 
if if this causes this, if the if the external thing, the money, the status, the home, the reputation, the whatever, if that is causing my happiness, then clearly the other people who have those things before I got it, they must be really happy. Some of them are, and some of them aren't. And so it's a non-corollary. And the one doesn't cause the other. Um let me see, let me see. You, you talked about sacrificing your passion and your love for money. And I think it's very interesting because, you know, that's a way. I wouldn't say it's wrong, but it's coming from the space of if the goal is to be fulfilled or to be happy, let's say, which it may not be for some people, but let's say that is the goal. If that's the goal, there's an expression like the ends justify the means, but I flip it and I look at it as the ends are the means. So a goal is a place to come from. So if my goal is to be happy, I will be happy along the way. If my goal is to be fulfilled, to be a certain version of me, like I said, a goal is a place to come from. So I'm going to be it now because whatever you practice, you get good at. If you are practicing misery, it will never result in happiness as, as an end point. Like that doesn't happen. And so if you're sacrificing your gift, if you're sacrificing what you love, if you're sacrificing your passion, if you're living a life that you believe is inauthentic to who you're supposed to be being in this world, that isn't going to result in what you want. Now, it might result in what you think you want, like Mary's story demonstrated, where you have the house and you have the dogs and you have the kids and you have all this stuff. But deep down, maybe that you feel like there's a void. You feel like something's not right. Something's missing. And what's missing is you. Like you're the thing that you're missing because you sacrificed yourself. And I think that's such a key point. And then um, let me see, let me see. Oh, this idea of a lot of people focus on, you talked about peace. And it's like some people would say, oh, you know, we want world peace. The only way to create world peace is to, is to create peace in yourself, you know, because we can only control ourselves. And so if I can generate peace in me, if who I'm being is peaceful, there's a ripple effect of that. Because everyone around me experiences me in a peaceful way, in a way it like rubs off on them. It Think of it as almost like like attracts like. It's like, you know, you're in a music store and there's guitars everywhere and you pluck the A string in one of them and all the A strings kind of vibrate. It's that same kind of way. You impact just with your very presence, how you show up in the world, every life that you touch. So if you bring peace into you, you'll begin to help others create peace in them. And if you just did that, you're being the miracle. You're being the change you want to see in the world. You're demonstrating to others, like you said, the infinite possibility that in their mind, they might think the world's so crazy, this, 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 like peace is a dream. And you go, no, no, peace is a choice. <laughs> it's a way of being right now. And I'm going to demonstrate it through my own life. So you can see there's another way, not that my way is right and your way is wrong, but does your way serve you given the life that you want to live? Are you happy? Are you enjoying this? And if the answer is no, if there was another way, would you be open to testing it out? Would you be open to trying it? And then um, as I kind of wrap this part up, <clears throat> he said, our life is created one day and one moment at a time. And what I wrote here was, you know, create, If what if your only job is create the present moment as beautifully as you possibly can, because you recognize that the future is created by the present. The future is created by what you decide to do right now, because this moment is pregnant with the next moment. And if this moment is beautiful, the next moment is birthed from that. If But if you're always thinking that the happiness you're seeking is in the future, that the peace you're desiring is in the future, and your present is this state of wanting, this state of lack, this state of not feeling any of the feelings that you want to be feeling, well, the future moment is going to be birthed from that. And then you're going to get more of that. 
and so there's this expression you mentioned a couple different like you know biblical stories and stuff and or rather references there's a i think it's in the in the book of matthew gospel he says um to all to those who have all more will be given and to those who have not all will be taken from them and one interpretation of that is to those who be that they have the meaning for those who are living in a state of gratitude and appreciation and abundance and whatever i have i have more than enough more will be given to them because there's this feeling that you already have it all but to those who have not all will be taken because to those who feel like it's never enough for those who feel like they're striving for a moment that's not now because there is better than here you'll never be satisfied so all will be taken from you and so it's like these ways of being that again don't serve us and we're just kind of caught in the illusion of it like you said so we don't see it even though when we do see it it's almost like the light turns on it's the most obvious thing but we miss it it's like right there um you, you said you said that which you seek yeah and I, I wrote like that which you seek is also seeking you and this idea of say yes to your life say yes to receiving allow yourself allow yourself to receive what it is that you want and then the last few parts here which i think will be great to begin to wrap up on was the cost of living your new life is giving up your old one. You know, the old <laughs> you has to die for the new you has to, for the new you to be born. Like you said, it. if you want a different life, you have to start being different and acting differently. But that means the old you can't be here anymore. You know, and then the final part, which I love, it's like a metaphor. You said my destiny is to be a butterfly. And what I wrote is that is everyone's destiny from the perspective that we all, let's say, metaphorically begin as a caterpillar. And as we're a caterpillar, there we are like slithering along. And then assuming that's even the word, if caterpillars do that, <laughs> but then we're, we're, we're moving along and we look up and we see butterflies and we judge ourselves thinking I should be a butterfly. Like I'm not good enough. I don't have wings. Like I'm not beautiful. I'm not whatever. And we see everybody else that's flying and we judge ourselves as deficient or less than for whatever the reason, not knowing from the 30,000 foot view that that is in our destiny to become that but we're not seeing it yet because we're caught up in these judgments of self. And then, so we have the process we go through and then we go through like our chrysalis, our cocooning phase. And like you said, like that's when we're overcoming our challenges and what, whatever we wanted this and we got, we got something completely different and it was hard and it was challenging and we metaphorically fell on our face and we scraped our knee and it was we're, we're tears and anger and fear and all these emotions but then we start to develop and strengthen that spiritual muscle and see with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more clarity who we really are. And then at that point in the metaphor, you're like breaking through the cocoon and the light's starting to come in. And as the light's coming in, it's illuminating the darkness of the cocoon and you can see a little bit clearly. And in the beginning, it's almost like, again, I'm making this up in real time. So it's like in the beginning, there's like a little, you know, light hole. And then you're 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 putting the little feet in there, and you're stretching it out. The hole's getting bigger, and as the it's like oh, it's kind of this is curious. Like what's this light feels a little bit nice. Like what is this? And as the hole gets bigger and bigger, eventually you come out of it, and you see the world for the first time. Like you see it anew. You see it fresh with fresh eyes, and from that space, you've got your wings, and you can fly. And there you are flying. And then there's some caterpillar on the floor looking at you, saying. Oh my God, I wish I could be like her. I wish I could be like him. It's not fair. Like what's going on? Everyone, you know, everyone who you look up to, who you believe is so successful in all the different ways, 
they have a history, you know, they have their story, they have the challenges they've over, they didn't just start that way. And often we don't, we, we miss that. And I think that's actually a really good, um, you know, jumping off point to a question that I wanted to ask you, given that we all have a story, given that many of us, we don't want to share it for whatever the reason. Can you tell us about Divine Destiny Publishing and the importance of sharing your story, your message, and what's on your heart with the world and the impact that could have? Gosh, what a gift. What a what a gift. To, to listen to you reflect all that back was fun too. But oh, the ways that we hide ourselves and keep hiding ourselves, thinking that the most vulnerable version of us will never be accepted is actually the complete opposite. Mm. When we're able to share that story, write it down, read it to ourselves, read it out loud to others, read it and comb through it. The amount of healing, releasing, restoring, rejuvenating that happens during that time is, is experienced differently through each individual that goes through the process. However, it comes back in the same way that what I hear in testimony and what I know to be fact for my life is sharing my story on a global platform, even though it may have been insignificant to someone else, even though it may now be insignificant to me, even though we don't think it's worthy to be told, it's not ours to keep secret. It's not ours to hold back every experience that each one of these, what did they say? There's 8 billion of us. I don't know. Am I making that up? We all have a nugget. We all have an ember. We all have something within us, a seed. And that seed grows differently, different tree, different flower. I have something to share if I remember. It's a gift that I received yesterday in my daily connection to share. It's not ours to keep. The one thing that I would believe that we all said before we jumped into this experience was, I'm going to shine my light. And the level of nourishment that you get for yourself, this is self-nourishment from revealing your truth, from exposing your truth, from exposing your journey, your experience, your trauma, your karma, all of it is the only way through, right? It's the only way through. It's the only way to go through it. And perhaps some of what you're feeling hasn't physically happened to you. There is such a thing, right? But it is it's to go through it. It is the life journey to go through the pieces and to share them because once we release them, they no longer hold us captive. They're free and we're free a little bit at a time. I've done this 13 times. I'm working on my solo piece uh, as a is also a book of activations because that's what they've become for me now that when people read my 
my journeys, my stories, that they are activated to that part of them, that they are activated to the healing I received from it, that they are activated to the next part of their becoming. It's already in there. It's already in there, right? It's in there in every experience that's begging to be seen, heard, and noticed so it can be released. Mm. And that's what writing has done for me, even though it felt insignificant. I may not have gotten a thousand testimonies in my face or in my inbox that have said, thank you, Mary, because there's still people scared to say thanks. There's still people scared to say that they've received the nugget of wisdom. But what I will tell you I have received confirmation is every experience since the day I shared my first story that the universe has delivered to me has been beyond my wildest dreams. I'm talking from an abundance monetary standpoint. I'm talking from a physical present standpoint. I'm talking from a spiritual standpoint. I am living in a life that I have never imagined possible. And that is being created, like you said, Jamal, in every thought, in every moment, every day, one moment is pregnant with the next. And the reason why I get to do that on a more regular basis is because I was willing to share what happened to me in story on a, a platform. I was willing to, to give it up. I was willing to put it out. Not because, well, because I, I needed to get it out, but because I knew that somebody needed to hear it. My motto with publishing, the minute I started my publishing company, Divine Destiny Publishing, the second thing I heard was, every experience is a gift to inspire another. Not the ones that I pick and choose. Every single one of them, even the, the joyful ones, even the one that's happening to me currently. You go first, you said it, you go first. And it's fun. And I, I'm gonna pull it right back into earth. It's fun. You go first, Mary, you go first. I didn't even know that I, I might be potentially, I, I'm sharing a car with my daughter here in New Orleans and she was feeling conflicted by it. She was feeling like she was losing her freedom. Here we go, now the truth is coming. She felt she was losing her freedom. And I am the essence of freedom, right? That's the gift I've been given. Not because I'm doing something, <laughs> because I'm being something. And she was feeling that and she expressed it. She felt okay to express it out loud and my body received it. So the universe took the next step and said, you go first, Mary. You go get yourself a new car and don't worry about anything but other than you go get you, you take this experience. We want you to go get a new car. And then we want you to keep track of how quickly we reimburse you for it with opportunity, with experience, with resource. And then we want you to share that story. Do it different. We want you to do it different. Even from the materialistic place, we want you to do it way different. You go first. You go out there. And, and now guess whose freedom's not feeling conflicted? Guess who feels free as a bird? That 16-year-old kid, right? That is the heart of humanity. The universe didn't do it for me. The universe served through me. <laughs> so she doesn't have a conflict, even though it could have been small. It's small. It's a small issue. Maybe she's, you know, that's being spoiled. What 16-year-old gets that? Look at all these conditions coming in. You know, she would have been fine. It's bigger than that. We live in miracle consciousness 
children. We live in a place where our needs are met beyond limits. That's what I share. That's the gift I share with my children and with my clients and with my friends. We live in a place that we are so supported in ways we could never imagine or have ever seen before. But we have to be present and we have to be willing to go first. And we have to be willing to say yes to the invitation because the universe, the God, the source has chosen you to be a vehicle of consciousness, to breathe and to share and to live your very best version. And that's what I hold space for. And the minute you share your voice and the minute you tell your story, your world is going to open up in ways you could never imagine. But this is what happens. I want to share this one piece of it because I know there's people listening that may have shared their story in a book before and said that didn't happen for me. And my one question to you is, did you keep taking inspired action with it? Did you buy the new car and let it sit in the garage? Or did you take it out? Did you take it out every day and punch on the gas and see how fast it could go? Did you enjoy it? Are you enjoying it every single day? Are you sharing it every single day? Or did you just buy it? Did you just set it and forget it like George Foreman taught us? <laughs> <laughs> so there's humor in me too, but you have an invitation. You receive it. Keep receiving the gift. Receive the gift every single day in daily connection. Mm -hmm. I am open to receive my gifts and share them with the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I need not do anything else but say those words. And that's a gift to you. You need not do anything else. If you're looking for somewhere to start, start there every day. Just say it. Just say it. What do you got to lose anyway? Just say it, write it on your bathroom mirror. Expose yourself to those words every single day and then look me up in 21 days and tell me what's changed in your life. I love it. I love it so much. You know, the- uh, That was the long answer. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect. You know, I, I feel that the- your answers, especially the whole, everything you shared, but in addition, the, the recent answers that you've given, you know, the foundation of the podcast is to help people create an extraordinary life without regret. And I feel like you've shared, you know, from your perspective, how people can do that, you know, and then uh, just one of my final questions for you before we wrap up, if today was your last, last opportunity to share what's on your heart with our listeners, if they would never hear from you again, what would you want to make sure that you left them with? Oh, one song. I've been listening to it every day, um, every day. And, and I'll, I'll share it with you on Spotify. Be here now. It's three and a half minutes of that mantra. Be here now. Be here now. I'll sing it to you. Be here now. <laughs> yes, I'd love to hear it. Thank you. Yeah, I'll send you, I'll share it. I'll share it on my feed too on spot, but I'll send it over to you. It's a whole, there's a whole album of mantras. And I, that is one of my first things in the morning when I sit down and I receive my, my Healy and my energies is um, I listen to it and it's, um it's love mantras, but that's what I repeat. Be here now. I run with it. When I run outside, I'm listening to these mantras yeah. because that my frequency is who I am. 
And what I listen to and what I expose myself to is becomes who I am. It just does. That's how we are, right? We're like little sponges. Not, 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 I'm an eight-year-old. I'm still a little sponge. <laughs> I have never stopped being a sponge, but I mean, be here now. There's another song I want to share too. It's, um, I don't know the name of it, but it's, it's one about sitting around the fire, but um, I think it's a Ram Dass remake, but um, it, it's beautiful. But be here now, just be here because life is happening right here and now. Yeah, that's a perfect, perfect way to send us out. And so what are you working on or towards now that's exciting you? Uh, so uh, I've been launching a couple solo authors. You've probably seen that on my Facebook feed. Um, we've got a multi-author book that's launching in March called Divine Love, Uplifting Stories of Radical Self-Acceptance, Truth, and Transformation. And my invitation, really, uh, the next project I'm working on from the multi-author book space, which is a really easy way to share your voice and shine your light and, and start taking the stairs, the, the staircase up to, to infinite possibility is going to be based around my podcast, Shine Your Soul Light, which is sharing the voices of visionaries who are leading in the golden age, this age of love and acceptance and miracles. And um, it's, it's wonderful. And then I have a solo author book hub that I've created that opens in the middle of March, uh, for people who are ready to to really dive into putting their solo pieces together, uh, it's a done for you service because for me uh, to serve you and to serve the collective is to remember and to always know and to always call in. Let it be easy. Let it be fun. Yeah. So all the things that you we get to do together will be easy and fun. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and so how can our listeners either learn more about you, connect with you if they want to work with you? What's the best way to reach out? So easy. Uh, if you want to look me up on Facebook, Mary Gooden, or my website is marygooden.com, www.marygooden.com. Perfect. I'll have all the links in the show notes. And if this has resonated with you, people, I, people, <laughs> everyone, I strongly encourage you again. First, Listen to it again. I'm go I'm gonna listen to this so many times, and I think there's gonna be immense value. It's like a it's like a book. You know, you read a book, and then maybe you don't touch it for a while, and then you read it again, and then you wonder, was that there the whole time? Because I didn't see that the first time. And I think a good, yeah. a good conversation is like that too. And so please listen to it over and over again. Share it far and wide. Leave a review wherever you're tuning into this podcast. It really goes a long way in helping, and it means a lot to me. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your attention, Mary. I. I appreciate you immensely and everyone is being with us here and listening. Thank you so much for that time, energy, and attention. Before we wrap up, Mary, anything you'd like to say in closing? Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, to all that is here and all that is now. Just a huge, huge extension of gratitude. Thank you. Received. And so if if I can be of support to anyone who's listening, like I said, you know, I my life's work is to help leaders, champions, and high performers to create an extraordinary life without regret, to experience peace, happiness, and fulfillment, and create that dream life that you would love here and now. And so if you're looking for additional content, there's hundreds of pieces of videos and things like that on my Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Instagram is just at Dr. Jamil Sayaj, DR in my name. Facebook and LinkedIn is just my name, Jamil Sayaj, on my website. You can book a call with me if you'd like to have a conversation, see if or how I can support you. If so, we move forward, we create some miracles. And if not, I do my best to point you in the right direction. And I'll have all the links under Mary's links as well in the show notes. 
I call the podcast Transformation Starts Today because I find that most people's favorite day to change their life is tomorrow. And that's why they stay stuck. But you can be different. You can take our conversation that we've had today and you can see, like Mary said, only I can change my life and only I can do it now. And, and so from that space, what can I do differently? And take Mary up on her challenge. Do these things every single day and in 21 days, watch how different your life is. And your life will be different even starting today <laughs> once you do that. And so sending you all the best. Have a beautiful rest of your day. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for being with us today. If this conversation served you, it would mean a lot if you left a review and shared this with anyone who may benefit. An extraordinary life without regret is available to you now. Choose it. It's your time.